Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Somebody said your talent is God's greatest gift to you. And what you do with it is your greatest gift to God. Are you using your talent or not? Tonight, I have in the studio somebody who works extensively in the area of education, somebody who understands education, the ins and the outs of education, to help us understand whether our educational system compensates enough for even even discovering and optimizing your talent. Yvonne Yakumensa is the director of Nouvelle Community Academy, and she will help us understand whether we even know our talents or not. Yvonne, good evening. Welcome to Springboard. Good evening, Albert. Welcome. Good right. Evening. Right. So let's start with let's start with this discussion about talent and whether we is, is it worth our while to even be talking about talent within the context of our our education. How important is this discussion? Talent is very crucial to education. Because we go to school to learn for life. And if in educating ourselves, talents are not developed, then we end up being formally educated without taking into recognition our God-given talents, the talents that we can so effortlessly deploy for fulfillment in life. Fulfillment itself is not just in a financial way. Fulfillment in peace, joy, a certain sense of calmness in life that comes from the joy we de- derive from our talents. Right. I I have I have made a statement quite a few times. Last week I made it on this show and, and I'm going to ask you your opinion about it. I've said that if I had my way in redesigning educational curriculum, I would, I would advocate that three things be taught at the kindergarten level, not even, I mean people celebrate us for teaching these things to teenagers but I've had a firm conviction that it should be taught as early as kindergarten level, three things number one, entrepreneurship number two, investment and number three, talent development broken down in ways that the children can play around, enjoy and still learn what's your opinion on this one? I think I agree with you to a large extent. I've come to realize, however, that not every child has the grit for entrepreneurship. So we'll try to develop them to be as enterprising as much as they can in whatever given field that they'll find themselves. But with the other ones, with investment, yes, definitely we have to teach them about investment right from day one. You can start from simple principles that will appeal to a three-year-old because three-year-olds can think. So when you break it down to their level, they will be able to pick up the principles of investment. Many, many advocates, many experts have taken a look at our educational system as it is constituted right now and said that there is something lacking. It seems to lean towards only one side of the brain, the development of only one side of a person's abilities and a person's competence. Would you would you be of the same school of thought that there needs to be a tweaking in our educational curriculum or system right now? Yes, 
Definitely, definitely. When we see the results around us and children come out of school or let me put it this way, students come out of the universities and they are like square pegs in round holes, it is time for us to look at this problem. Any, any opinion, what are, what are some of the, the major ways, I mean, talent aside, generally in broad strokes, what are the major ways to redefine our educational system? Education should be student-centered, child-centered. Education should be tailored in such a way that children are made to learn for lifelong learning, not just to pass exams. I've come to the personal conclusion that passing exams is not necessarily educating yourself. Some would argue that without passing the exam, you cannot continue the education. I mean, every parent wants to so badly to see their child in that Ivy League school. The belief is that once they get into, even at the secondary level, once they get into a good school, it gives them a great chance of success. They look at the percentages of students who pass with A's and they say, listen, just get the child in there at all costs. And then eventually the pressure is so high that they cheat in exams. Parents support their children to cheat. But hey, where, where do we draw the line? You know, when you look at real life and the effects of children going into school and coming out with just past exams, we realize that there's more to be done in that area. Employers are looking for employees who have skills, well-defined skills, transferable skills, skills that are derived from their own talent, their special ability to do things. So, for example, when children are applying for universities, most universities will look out for those skills that are not necessarily evident in their exam results. Let me let me let me let me get a bit personal with you. What, 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 which is your area of training at the tertiary level? I am an English major. I also am a lawyer. I also am a fashion designer. I went to school in London for two years to become a fashion designer. Right. I'm also a, an artist. I also love motivational speaking, right. and lately I've been consulting um, for educational institutions and doing a lot of training for teachers. So I just got exactly what I was looking for. So English, yes. law, yes. You, you spoke about fashion, yes. You spoke about art, yes. You spoke about motivation, and then consulting. Yvonne, when I was growing up, you were not allowed to bring a list out like that. You, it was not. It was unheard of to even consider bringing out a list. Everyone was trained to have one career. You want to become a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. If, if some of them, some of the famous ones today, didn't even. They were not on the high grade at that time. There were some selected ones that everyone aspired to. And then once in a while, you find somebody who wants to become something that is not deemed to be. But to think about two, would you say that our education as it is structured trains people to think in this way? Six different streams of income potentially or six different career expressions potentially. Would you say that 
It is no, no, not necessarily, but it can be created. I forgot to add that I speak French as well. So, so you are adding one more to the already the long list that is giving us yes. giving us palpitation. So let me ask you: yes. How do we get our children? And, and that's where our interest really is. How do we start all over again? Let me give you one reason why this is so important. So earlier on, we just finished a series called My Ideal Ghana, and we interacted with different experts prescribing the kind of Ghana they would like to see. And on the subject of education, one school of thought was that we have followed a certain pattern and produced graduates who, if we want to do something about, we need to do a postgraduate, almost like a remedial program focused largely on mentorship and coaching to help these graduates who already have graduated but have no clue what it takes or have or are not well-resourced enough to optimize their potential to be placed and to help them find their career space. And that is one. And then the other one was that we should go back and start at the very beginning to work on a fresh crop from beginning and educate them in a way that will ensure that 30 years from now we can see that we have really redone our entire education system. So, if when I'm looking at your seven-pronged, if I may call it so, <laughs> career. And you seem to be loving it. Absolutely. How does a parent listening to you get their child, and there's a one-off show, just to get some parents to get some help, to get some young people to get some help about finding their space. Those children who are, who are arguing with their parents, I want to do this, the parents say do this. Is there a middle ground? Can they do both? Can they have seven streams of income? What should we do differently going forward? I think it starts from the parents. I'll be touching on my own personal experience as much as possible. My parents were very open-minded people. My father was an Air Force um, officer. He was a pilot and finally settled in management. My mother worked in the bank for most of her life and ended up as a bank manageress. But we grew up in Bermakan, and I remember in those days, our parents were very open-minded, well-educated, but very open-minded. We played all the games that you can think of. We, were, we ran wild and free. And in shaping our educational um, development, I went to Achimota School. I think Achimota School also contributed in a very big way to who I am today. Our education there was both formal and informal. We had extracurricular activities and co-curricular activities from music to sports. I, for instance, sang in the opera. I developed my singing talents there. I also acted in the opera, which also had drama elements. From Achimota School, I went on to university. I had always had a dream of having a school one day. And my father held me in nature that dream. Did you ever find a conflict between you, a lawyer? Why don't you pursue your law? Why don't you establish a practice and you want to start a school? Did you have a conflict with your parents about that? 
my father wanted me to become a lawyer and said that my artistic abilities were a hobby. They were innate. They were part of me. And so that could develop naturally. But it will surprise you to know, Albert, that at that age, I felt I needed to refine my talent. Until I read Maxwell's book on talent is not enough. Right. I I kept saying to myself, I kept dreaming of becoming a world-class fashion designer with my art. Okay, But we didn't have those facilities in Ghana at the time. But my father said to me, that one is your innate um, talent. You should focus also on the former and somehow the innate would follow. But I found out that I needed the skills of the formal right. to develop and refine the innate. Right. So by the time I was 20, I knew what I wanted to do. I also decided to pace what I wanted to do in life. When was I going to finish with my law and use it when I needed to? When was I going to go into education and use it when I needed to? When was I going to go into fashion design? Because they were all great loves of mine. So I designed a personal plan for myself, which I teach young people about today. Right. You ended exactly on the note that I would have loved it to end because... And I'm oscillating between two programs. We're talking about development of people at all levels. And the funny thing is you ended on designing a personal roadmap. And this is one of the subjects that we'll be teaching to the CEOs right. to be at the Festival of Ideas. That will be taken by Kweku Beduado, one of our resource persons, the CEO of Stanchat. He'll be teaching people how to design a personal roadmap. Interestingly, he sat on this show and said when he entered the bank, he told them exactly when he wants to become CEO, and exactly in that year he became CEO. It's amazing how these things work, but they, we don't find them in the regular curriculum or the regular educational space. And that's why supplementary programs, we don't call them alternatives because it's not, it's not in that all, but supplementary programs like this provide an, an opportunity for developing people in the right way. We joined along the line by... Uzu Ajarikumi, who's the Dean Emeritus of the African Leadership Academy, to bring us some perspective on what other institutions are doing in that space. And then we'll talk to two practitioners, KSM and Ochiame Kwame, to find out, even in the, the deployment of their talent, what are the big things? We say talent is not enough. What are the big things that one can do to become world class? But even back to my point about multiple streams, you have a personal roadmap that will ultimately lead to the full expression of all these seven. Let's talk about capacity. How do you build capacity in all these areas? Because the traditional thinking is that if you are a jack of all trades, you are a master or for that matter, a mistress of none. How do you build capacity in all the seven? Capacity comes from identifying first your passion for whatever you are doing. Personally, I have weighed all these sides of me I've talked about. And I found out that they play different roles in my life. There are times when I want to be able to design and do some styling for, for friends. There are times when I want to be able to look at education 
there are times when I want to be looking at law and its role in the society. So to a large extent, for me, they play different roles. And it is not about mastering one against the other. Like I said earlier on, from the age of 20, I decided to pace them. There are some of these talents that later on in life, we will not be able to do as well as we are doing now. So we maximize our time now with developing those particular skills or talents. So I want to try and capture this list again that is giving me so much to think about. An English major, Mm -hmm. a lawyer, a fashion designer, an artist. You also are a consultant. You are a motivator. And then you are bilingual. And all these are the legs on which your life travels. The actual thing you do for a living is you are an educator. You run yes. a school. <laughs> yes. You actually have eight. Yes. All right. <laughs> if you are, if you are listening tonight and you and, and you, you are one of those people who says, I don't I don't enjoy what I do. What I really want to do is this other one. And you've been saying that for the past few years. And you find that you tell yourself that every year it will change and you end up doing the same thing over and over and over again. If you don't do something radical about that, you will find yourself in that group that retires and say, you know what? I never ever lived the life I truly wanted to live. And that shouldn't be a story. So sometimes people after they've retired now begin to pick up the pieces and try and see whether it is possible to live the life that they want. I'll play the song Ebezina. And when I when I come back, I'm going to raise Uzo Ajarikumi in South Africa to bring us some perspective on on how other institutions are doing it differently. If you're an edu- educationist or you're an educator, maybe just listening and you, you could find some interesting changes that you would make in your educational curriculum. And just for parents listening out there too, it, it need not be an either or, my way or the highway. Somebody says, I want to do law. He says, no, I want to do fashion. Why not law and fashion? And so let's have that discussion about the possibilities that exist to uh, uh, exist for parents and for children. Have you had to resolve, before I go to the song, have you had to, to ever resolve um, a dispute between parent and, and, and child over, over career? Several times. Several times. And on hindsight, parents realize that the decision we took taking into consideration the child's or the student's own views concerning those decisions were the best. Who, who, who wins, the parent or the child? All of us. All, all win. All of if us. you say that, with the benefit of hindsight, the parents realize that the, the decision was the best. What does it mean? I mean, are you saying that the parents put their foot down? And initially, initially, some parents want their pe- their children to become, for instance, doctors like themselves, right, or um, lawyers like themselves. And maybe the child has a different inclination. Maybe let me just quickly go to springboard your virtual university and this tonight you're talking about talent discovery talent deployment talent development and talent deployment three areas of talent first the discovery then the development to become world-class and very importantly how to deploy it um, on a full-time or part-time basis very importantly using that talent to solve problems and getting rewarded um, with solutions either fulfillment even since it's not just 
the money alone, but also the fulfillment that comes with it. My guest for tonight, Yvonne Nyakomensa. Um, she has seven legs on which she stands, but she's an educationist with several other interests. Basically, you're saying that there need not be one winner in all this. Is that correct? Yes. So what, what is wrong with the approach that we have? I, I, I had the pleasure of meeting a parent who said, listen, I always thought it was my way or until I realized that really there could be a fusion. What is wrong with the way this has been approached? You see, talent is given by God. And throughout life, God helps us to develop the talent or talents that he's given to us. No one can imagine how a child will turn out unless that person supports that child all the way. So parents need to be open-minded about this. There are several different, diverse talents in the world today. I've met some very angry young people who felt that or who feel that they are, they are, they were suppressed when they tried to develop themselves, and for that reason, they were forced to do what they didn't want to do. And till today, they've not forgiven their parents, and that can be a very difficult situation. A child who's angry, a child who's frustrated. Yes, yes, I've met some like that. So too. the parents is frustrated, the child is frustrated. Who wins? And teachers too. Where did teachers come in? They, when they are teaching the children who are frustrated because they are not developing their talents. They can also get frustrated. Right. Yes. Let me give it a shot one more time to see if I can get um, you to bring us some perspective. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening, Pastor. Ah, fantastic. We got you finally. Um, how is how is Johannesburg? Johannesburg is cold. <laughs> cold. Oh, winter time for you. It's winter in Ghana too, actually. Yes. So <laughs> that makes two of us. All right. So, Yuzo, we've been having a discussion about about talent and about the educational system and how much of how much it allows children to develop their talents let me hear your preliminary comments on whether we are doing enough in terms of helping children discover their talent thank you thank you very much good evening viewers um i how do i put this i would say um i would say yes and no i would say um, yes, we are. We are. We began to perceive the idea that we're not doing enough, and I think that's the, that's the step we, we're in the step of the right direction. Um, I think it's important that um, when we think about alternative uh, education and think about talents in our young people, we need to understand also that times have changed. Um, what we considered talent, you know, ten years ago. Um, is no longer what we consider talent today. Ex- explain, now, explain this difference. Explain this difference uh, I, for the benefit of our, so our, our I, listeners tonight. Yeah. Okay. So, if you think about ten years ago, um, young people, you know, our perspective was a lot was a lot narrower. Our perspective was a lot smaller. Um, we didn't have mobile phones in the in the in the way that it's used here now. We didn't have, you know, this sort of the IT that we have now and the transference of knowledge, social media as it is now was was, was not as as, as, um, as rich and as vibrant as it is today um, and so therefore our children of today are exposed to so many different things 
um, have so many different opportunities in which they can um, identify, use their talents, strengthen their talents, get to know other people, connect with other people across various um, media that wasn't there 15, 20 years ago. Um, and so I think to your question, um, the fact that we've actually identified that we're not doing enough and because and because of that we need to, you know, we are we are raising an awareness, I think is a step in the right direction. I think we need to, you know, have these conversations, have more of these type of conversations, identify where we are, you know, which schools, which people are actually um, identifying um, opportunities for young people and 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 continue to, to encourage um, and, and enable such um, opportunities to thrive for young people. Um, Yuzo, quickly, um, you, you will find that in the typical um, Ghanaian edu- educational institution at the pre-secondary level, uh, um, migrating to the secondary level, there, there, there's a development now that is quite heartwarming. You find schools putting up major opera productions, drama productions, musicals, and sporting activities. There's quite a variety of activities that students are putting up and it wasn't like it's not like before they would literally go and rent the the conference center the national theater invite parents and friends raise sponsorship organize an event and put up a great show would you say that that compensates or there's something else that can be done to to raise the level of awareness about talent and its role in career development I think, I, yes, I, I do think we can do more. I, I think um, there's, there are ways in which we can infuse this into um, mainstream curriculum, which I think we we don't do very well um, in, in Africa. We don't do very well particularly in Ghana. Um, we see things in silos. So when we think about our curriculum and academics, we look at our academics and you know we insist that this is the way you have to go. This is the pathway for you. And if you don't follow through on that pathway, then everything else that you consider to be um, of, of that child to be as talented um, is seen in a negative in a negative form. I think there has to be a way where we are we should begin to think of um, talent as as part of um, mainstream curriculum. So you're. Pres- um, I, I do believe that yep. there are there are young people who whose talent is thrives. You know, so give an example of somebody who is a, is an actor and a great actor, or a writer, somebody who actually writes plays. Um, when you bring that student into the academic curriculum and you tell them, okay, um, I want you now to use that play as a form of expression. As a, as a form of writing, um, I think that student will feel more motivated and more geared to actually focus on their academics right. than sitting down and having to talk about uh, the snow in Alaska and right. write a 10-page on, on something that they have no, 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 you know, they, no interest they don't in. share any sense of um, um, perspective. Right. Um, my final so question. How, how can we be more creative and innovative? Right. So um, you're calling for... Young people, yeah, in identifying young people's talents and, and ensuring that through the, the curriculum that we, we have in our school, that we actually use that to actually 
to make them thrive and become, you know, more informed, more um, educational. Right. Yuzo, let me ask you. Let me ask you my final question. At what level would you like this infusion into mainstream curriculum? Um, well, I think if you think about how early models, that I, I I think if you get it right, Montessori actually do provide some sort of opportunity for for expression of of, of young people's talent. And I think right at the early age of nursery, where you have kids going into Montessori type of um, educational uh, models, uh, there's an opportunity there for, for teachers to, to be well aligned and shape and mold and guide students in identifying some of their true talents. Right. Um, you know, I have seen people right from four, five, six, exhibit certain, you know, extreme excellent tendencies towards the arts or towards music that isn't really captured. Um, and I think if you capture it right at the early age, you can actually help build that person's uh, potential, you know, right up to secondary school. Thank you very much, Yuzuf um, Ajayekumi, for joining us from Johannesburg, South Africa, from the African Leadership Academy. Thank you so much um, for your, con- your, your, your thoughts. Right, so this is a discussion about talent discovery, talent development, and talent deployment. And two main prescriptions that she has, first of all, is that the talent scope is wider now than it used to be. And so we cannot go back to, we cannot just um, restrict ourselves to the traditional um, scope of talents that we are aware of. It's now much wider. The, The field is now much wider. And the second point she's making is that we mustn't just develop these talents and create programs for them, but we actually have to infuse it in the schools, in the mainstream curriculum, not as extracurricular activities, but in the, the very center of our learning. I'm going to come back to you, Yvonne, for your thoughts on this, but let me go back to the, the lines and raise somebody who's actually living this dream with a talent that is celebrated across the world. My big brother and my friend, KSM. Good evening, sir. Good evening, good evening, my young brother. How are you doing? Very well, very well, Kiesem. Thanks for making time to join us. This is a discussion that it, it, it literally is at, is at the very heart of several family feuds, several family um, heated debates. And I'm hoping that you can bring some light to the discussion we are having now. I'm sure you've been with us um, on, um, listening for um, a, a bit this evening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So, give me your preliminary responses to some of the issues we've raised about the adequacy of uh, our preparation of our children to even optimize their God-given talents. What, what are your thoughts on how well we are doing on, on that in that space? I think things are starting to change. Uh, more often, I'm meeting young guys who have started doing businesses, startups here and there, and who are basing those things on the passion that they had. You know, I interviewed somebody, they said, oh, I was working with a bank and I decided to do this, I was working with this, and I came out. So gradually, I see that uh, there's, a, there's a generation of people coming up who really believe in investing in where they are passionate. So I see a change. More, more than in our time, when the things were more rigid, is either law or medicine or, or nothing. Right. These days, I'm, I'm seeing more and more the youth understanding that the pace is through a passion. Right. 
So, would you say that the kind of pressures you did you did you face pressure when you decided to pursue your talent and and, and make a career out of it? Did you face pressure, parental, family, friends, societal? Fortunately, fortunately, it wasn't parental at all. Parents absolutely supportive. I had the lady speaking, and she almost did the same thing. You know, uh, parents were absolutely supportive. Uh, if there was any pressure, that was coming from peers, not understanding why I was choosing a particular path, you know. But the parental backing was so that what the peers were saying didn't make too much of a difference to me. Pearson, can you speak tonight to somebody who is pursuing a path that may not be that popular today or that may, may not be that known today, but which, which they feel strong convictions about and they are dealing with this, this kind of discouragement all around? What, what mm-hmm. would you like to tell them tonight before we take leave of you? Um, what I like to say is that never ever abandon anything that you are passionate about. You may have to put it on hold for a bit in terms of the educational structure may not accommodate it the way you want to pursue it. But just make sure that you are holding on to that passion. Go through the system, understand what you're going to do, but never ever abandon that passion. But eventually it's going to show up again. And that may be even the thing to rescue you and, and, and free you up in terms of uh, career development. So the advice I'll give you is that never let that passion go. If you have to sidetrack and do one or two things in the meantime, as they, as they say, they say if you want, to, you want to ride a horse, but in the meantime you are being forced to ride a donkey or a goat, you just ride that. But don't forget that eventually there's a horse you want to be on. All right. So you are riding that horse. I am writing the first All right, let me let me tell you let me tell you something before you go off. Um, in February or March, when we were traveling across the country on the roadshow in Takradi, I I saw you reading a book on how to be a great comedian, and asked yeah. myself, Ah, you've done this thing at the world class level. You you've been on the BBC, you've been everywhere, and and you you really have made a mark in what you are doing. Why would you be? Still reading a book about how to be world class in what you do. I quietly watched you, but I made a note to ask uh, wow. ask you that question <laughs> when I next get to, to interview you on radio. Let, yeah, speak to me yeah, about con- continuous continuous learning. I believe that you always have had more knowledge uh, of it. It's funny you said that because yesterday I was on YouTube listening to lectures by one guy called Aaron Sorkin, who's a, a great writer, and he was teaching on skills on writing and television writing and yesterday I was in class so the whole thing is that you never stop acquiring the knowledge you know you may understand the craft you may love the craft but you never get to the point of maximizing the craft in terms of deployment until you truly have the full understanding so that, that's a lifetime thing you know so I I occasionally go back and re- 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 renew my notes I guess that you must be passionate about something to be able to invest your whole life into it and to keep learning it. If not, it will feel like a burden if you're not passionate about it. Don't you think so? Exactly. Exactly. Because right. there are so many things that will discourage you. There are so many things that will give you reasons not to do what you want to do. But when you have the passion, those reasons, those same reasons, rather inspire you. Right. You know, so... The, the more you hit those roadblocks, you, you just see them as a challenge and you're excited about overcoming them rather than it being something that's going to 
break you down. Right, Kirsten. Thank you so much. I, I know you, you you always are, are there for us in this in this kind of discussion, and you are one of the mentors that uh, our teenagers and our, our emerging leaders look up to to coach them, and we are looking up to you to be there for us as we continue to prepare the next generation of leaders. Oh, any any time, any time, right. And congratulations to you too. You give us the platform to do those things. So also. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. KSM is living out a dream and he's telling us two things that don't abandon your dream. Don't abandon your passion. And I like what he says. He says that eventually that could be what will save you and help you along the way in terms of your career. Because not everybody does uh, professionally what they learned in school and you could find out that your talent will be the thing rather that gives you career success and fulfillment and the second thing never stop learning never stop acquiring knowledge let me put the last resource person on the line because he's somebody everyone likes Ochiami Kwame my good friend Ochiami good evening big bro good evening it's a blessing to have you on the show same here sir right so you are you are living your dream as a music icon. Let me ask you about the three areas we are trying to explore. And tell me which one is more difficult. Is it the discovery, finding out what your talent is? Is it the development, becoming world-class at it? Or is it the deployment, using it to solve problems and using it to earn income? Which one is the, which one is the most difficult? The discovery, the development, or the deployment? I, I think for me it's the deployment. Why? Because I have amazing parents. My mother was a teacher, and as early as five, I knew that I was going to do something in connection poetry. I didn't know what it was exactly, and my father had also written some books during his university days. You know, so um, that's why. Almost all my brothers are also musicians and writers because finding out that oh, the, our, we, are, we have the natural knack to turn words in studies and let it sound interesting. All of that find it very easy. And then also, I remember that my when I started rapping, I was four years old, and my mother's auntie, who lived in Accra, came all the way from Kumasi um, to set up a family meeting saying that you can see your son is rapping don't you know he's going to be high and then my father intentionally misunderstood the pan and said yes I want him to be high so when he's high then it means he's having social mobility so I want him to be high then I remember that for almost a year my mother's family and my father fought over I, I should stop the rap and concentrate on going to school. But my father said, no way. Let him be himself. But however, deploying my talent, that one has been difficult. Because my talent seeks to do two things. The first one is to have a good sociality. And then the second one is to make enough money to my family and and myself. Now the social impact is because you must inspire. And to inspire in this generation, but philosophy is get rich quick or die trying. You must become a rapper version of Jesus Christ in 2016. And that one has been so difficult. And also, as you know, 
structures that we have set out in this industry, entertainment industry, music especially, we keep hearing the systems and structures. We do not have them. So I believe that I should not only be a player, but I must also be an academic so that I will have the, the tools to analyze, monitor and research into the area to bring a proper change. And that is not easy. So deployment, that has been difficult for me. Right. Ochami, you will be at the Team Partnership Conference. Uh, you've been there and you will be there guiding these young people about how to deploy. What one big thing will you tell, will you, will you tell them when you interact with them? It is just find that thing that makes you awesome and keep doing it. Mm. It's not illegal. All right. Talking about keep doing it, you're still, you're still learning, aren't you? Yes. I'm actually on campus right now. Right. So you're adding more value to yourself. Yes. Right. Let's talk some more. And, 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 and we look forward to having you at the Teen Prenership Conference at the Usu Ebenezer Presby Hall. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank right. you very much. Thank God bless you. you. And, go, and go back to your books. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Sir. Thank I'm, you. I'm having an amazing time right here. I think I'll have to stay with, with, with Joy FM until you are done, then I'll go back. You see, let's, let's have this discussion like going on and on and on. Thank All you so right. much. Ochami Kwame is a music icon, and he is still learning and is trying to develop himself even further. And there's one thing that is common about every one of the discussions we've had so far. Find what you are passionate about and keep doing it and pushing and pushing. And very importantly, never stop learning. Never stop learning. And so you're asking, what is this team partnership conference and why is it so important? Let me give you one reason why your, your teenage and child must be there. If you are a teenager listening, one reason why you must be there. It is one of the most important investments you can make in your whole life. I read economics for my first degree with a sociology minor. I read business at, at, at in, in grad school. But I can tell you for sure, the thing that has defined my life the most is my talent. It is taking me to countries, places that I never would ever have traveled to. I've met people I never would have met. I've met the high, the low, the middle. I've met people in countries I was going to for the very first time who said, your work has preceded you and it has changed my life. If I had to live my life over again, I still will see that talent must be introduced to children right from the beginning. User says age four to six, it must start from there. And Yvonne agrees with that one. Now, the Team Partnership Conference from the 1st to the 4th of August. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Monday is for talent discovery. Every teenage child who will, who will come there will be taken through a discovery workshop that will help them find first their major talent and their minor talent. It's a proven method. By the end of day one, the child will know what they are good at. And they will tell you what they are good at in broad strokes. Day two will be walking them through the development process. And that is when we bring on the mentors like Ochami Kwame, all these mentors to help those in music, those in the writing. We'll bring mentors based on what they do to help them work their way forward step by step. And that's going to be for the whole of day two, the development. Day three is special, the deployment. So after having discovered and developed the talent, how do you release it in the form of books, in the form of music, in the form of any other products that you want to release? And that is big. Ochami says the, develop, the deployment is the big thing. On day three, 
we will teach them the enablers and the barriers to deployment, the things that help the deployment to work, and the things that fight against the deployment. Day four is special. It's going to be a talent show. The children will put together their own program, their own talent show. They will organize it. They will do it. Full event management is one of the talents that we'll be, we'll be teaching there. And the event management team will put together a full talent show and invite you to come and watch or participate in it. Next week, I'll give you a few more details that will help you. But very importantly, the number to call if you want to attend or your child to attend, 024-9999555 or 544 The venue is the Usu. Ebenezer Presby Hall. It's Monday the 1st till Thursday the 4th, 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. Give your teenage child a chance to build a career of a lifetime. Doing se- seven things like like Yvonne is doing and enjoying them. Yvonne, take us home. Your closing thoughts on a day like this when you discovered that a person can have one river, seven streams. In fact, I thought I was great, but you showed me that people did. So I know that somebody can be an English major, a lawyer, a fashion designer, an artist, a motivator, a consultant, and a bilingual person, and then put all together and convert it into one product, education. You are an educationist. Give us your closing thoughts, Yvonne, in your comments, sir. All right. Um, Go ahead. I'll be. Um, I've come to realize that we are in the 21st century. We need skills for workplaces. We need transferable skills. Transferable skills are closely linked to talent. If you can adapt, it means that you are more marketable. So in schools, we should be teaching children to have these skills, like collaboration and teamwork, creativity and imagination, critical thinking, problem solving, flexibility and adaptability, global and cultural awareness, information literacy, leadership, civic literacy and citizenship, oral and written communication skills, social responsibility and ethics, technology literacy and initiative. Right. All of these skills are very, very critical for the 21st century learner and worker. You know what? One thing I am sure about, if you listen tonight with rapt attention, you've been given some tools to enable you revise your notes about education. If you're a teenager, you know some options that you didn't know before. And very importantly, if you're a parent, you know how you can help your teenage child to live a full life and a better life. The number to call if you need some help with this, 024 You can call till you come away again next week with a, a, a series that will build up to the festival called building world-class businesses and then also grooming the next CEOs, please stay tuned to the virtual university. My name is Albert Okran. On behalf of Comfort, Matthew, Amos, and Eric, God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS 
or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four nine 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 zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. Light has come. He's on time to ride.